The left wing backs coverage of the Carlo Hurling Championships for 2023 is brought to you in association with Talbot Fitness, Brendan Cabinet Furniture, Corcoran Precast Tanks, Milano's Takeaway Bidenstown, Connolly's Topline Hardware, PFT Travel, Ray Whelan Limited, Earth Spas, and the Arboretum Lachlan Bridge. Yes, hello, welcome along once more to the latest offering of the Left Wing Back podcast. We are obviously knee-deep in Hurling Championship action, as we know. And coming up this weekend, we have the last round of the group stages. And it's taken fast. We go into semi-finals after that and into the final. There is no um, rest for the wicked, as the fellow would say. Joe Nolan joins me this evening, as always. How's things, Joe? Good, Kevin. Yep, delighted to be along. Yeah, um... I, I don't know if you want to tell the people where, where, where you're broadcasting from, but this is dedication to the cause in my eyes anyway, because the last thing I want to be doing is going on the podcast, maybe if I'm on a bit of a sabbatical somewhere, but uh, tell us where you're coming from. I'm, um, where am I? I'm somewhere between uh, Amsterdam and The Hague, is the best way of putting it. <laughs> um, near, near the town of um, Leiden, so we're over for a few days. Um, so, yeah, lovely. It was in The Hague there today, um, so it was a lovely spot. Jesus, some spot over here, Holland, really Fantastic! Couldn't couldn't uh, couldn't uh, couldn't have better over here. That's deadly. Yeah, something different. Obviously, first time over there. Yeah, uh, well, I've been here before. First time, kind of on a family kind of thing over here. In fairness, mm. um, lovely campsite. You know, one of those typical places and uh, Euro camp place. And uh, it's gorgeous. Yeah, we're not too far from the beach and pools and everything you want. And sure, public transport is brilliant. You get anywhere you want. And cycling, Jesus Christ, it's unbelievable. As in, like, just the, co- the whole culture. It's just a wonderful country. Clean, mm. safe, you know, couldn't speak highly enough of it. So, uh, yeah, enjoying it so far. That's the job. I, I have a bit of an oversight on my behalf, I suppose, was approving annual leave for you and Bambrick at the same time. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, uh, well, in fairness now, when you released the funds from the barter from the left-wing back barter account, we, the, the two of us said we'd book at the one time, you know? <laughs> that reminds me of Renault to drop back somewhere as well. That's it, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, appar- yeah. Apparently, apparently, anyway, uh, Bambrick has had to lay low after stalking Amy, Amy Huberman in the airport <laughs> today, so, um, uh, you know, he won't be able to raise his head for a while. Renault Driscoll will be looking for him. Yeah, nice little subtle tweet put in there as well. But that's a that's a bizarre one. Two years, was it twice? Two different times he's after meeting Amy Hoover at the airport. He's after meeting Andy Farrell a couple of different times as well. So, yeah. and uh, a well-known referee, I think he was saying was beside him on the flight over, Mister Mister Barry Kelly. So uh, I'd say when he comes home, he'll have a decent story or two to tell. Now he always does, yeah. doesn't he? He does at the best of times. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Just take a quick swig of water. Body needed. I might add, Joe. After after yesterday. Um, wasn't yeah, the heat yeah. that got you, Kev? It say, was it? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Like, I, I can't. I can't blame that. Seeing as I suppose today was the first dry day I'd say we got in in uh, in July. But uh, no, obviously got a few tickets for for the game yesterday. A few of us went up and made a right day of it and made a right night of it. And obviously that that comes at a at a cost. And um, there was a bit of suffering done at various parts of today. But uh, look, we we soldier on. All's fair and love and war and all that stuff. But I might ask Joe. Um, firstly, did you get to see much of the game yesterday, and um, what did you what did you make over? I suppose if you did see it, yeah, no, I, I did get to see it in furnace, um, Kev. Yeah, um, 
that's the joys of uh, dodgy sticks and yokes like that. Um, so yeah, no, I, I did get to see in fairness the All Ireland. Um, sorry, you, you, you dodged out me there a second ago. I presume it's the All Ireland we're still talking yeah. about here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Uh, no. And look, sir, I think the, it just shows the the inevitability of and that kind of we talked about it maybe last week as well about that how Limerick kind of grind out teams, their ability to grind to grind teams down and n- never to panic. Um, Kilkenny did what they could do; they just gave them a colossal battle. But sure, look. Like let's talk about turnovers and puck out strategies in York's and, and probably the way Limerick could hurl and it didn't make a difference what you did. Do you know what I mean? Just so they can hurl they can play anyway. That's that's the reality of it. Um so look they're a phenomenal team and it's hard to see anyone stopping them for, for five in a row. You know what I mean? You might catch them at one stage, but they just take too much out of teams as well, I think. You know, every team that has random close, generally the second the day after has has kind of, you know, fell in Munster, so it kind of shows the how how to sap the energy. Um, I suppose a special mention there when you were mentioning your your night out last night or your day out, um, to the Offaly team of '98. Uh, there, or you probably saw them um, at half time, and uh, just brought back a lot of memories, uh, fond memories of that time up in Offaly. Uh, oh my God, it's incredible. Um, it was a good week that week. Oh Jesus Christ! I, well, I had a lot of good weeks up there, but that was especially memorable. Yeah, but yeah. um, just brought back there was a a good buddy of mine. Um, I know a lot of the lads on that panel. I suppose after at the time you'd be so close to the hurling end of things, but a good buddy of mine was John Rain. Um, and he was he was there. I was just texting him yesterday and the day before, and uh, it's a lovely honour for them. Um, but geez, they, those were the days like of kind of hurling and and kind of you know devil making. Right. And the beer and ta- tactics are kind of out the window, and you know it was uh, it was just a cavalier sort of a time, you know. But uh, look, uh, just it brought it certainly uh, the All Ireland Day, um, it brings back a lot of memories. He looks like that, and uh, it was nice to see that Offaly team uh, uh, remembered. I suppose um, twenty five years, Jesus Christ, where did that go? Like you know, but days with that, yeah. So a good day, wow. a good day, yeah, brilliant day. Yeah, like I suppose it's it's a strange one because already now I, I said to the lads yesterday, you know, as as, as time trickles on or whatever, you, you don't maybe get to see people as much as you'd like to, and you'd probably see a lot of people that, Jesus, you would, if you never saw them again, it wouldn't be it'd be too soon to do. But um, whenever whenever you do get that time with the lads on honor and final day or whatever, and it would have been the same for the awfully boys even say yesterday, how often would they see them see each other even though they're in the same county and they get yeah. together on the one day and and reminisce and have. A bit of crack, or whatever. I mean, that's what that's what it's all about. That's what the GA yeah. is all about. Um, I would I would say one thing that I found particularly strange. So, like, obviously, the ticket price window a few years ago it was eighty up to ninety, and whatever the equivalent is for a standing ticket as well, be it Denali or, or be it the the Hill. Like, yeah. it went up, but there's only one game. You know, like it's yeah. it's kind of a funny one where just the tradition is get the second half of the minor, maybe, or some people might go in for the whole lot of the minor. I used to always go in for the whole lot. Actually, Likewise, honestly, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's 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 probably a little bit unusual in in that context. But going back to Limerick, lad, Jesus, like I'd seen him, I got a ticket to the Munster final, which was a marvelous occasion. Like and um, got a flavor of what they were about. But sure, like I mean, yesterday the second half was what they really are about. Like Jesus, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I've ever seen a performance like that in a half of hurling. Like twenty one points, I think. You know, yeah. it's fair shooting, yeah. like. Yeah. Ah, well, it's just a manner of how they went about it, and you know, I mean, just uh, what were they after a couple of minutes of the second half? Sure, they were what they were five down, weren't they? Was it five yeah, minutes? Two, they ten, were five down. Two ten to five. eleven. Um, 
And then, like, the points rattled off three points, literally. The goal was wiped out in all end. Yeah. You know, it was mad how quickly they turned around, like. Um, but it was, and it was just, uh, like, in fairness, I, I was saying here, like, and it was, we were texting as well about maybe, you know, with Lim, or I think it was our group anyway, we were texting, would Limerick kind of change tactics, like, because Kilkenny were clogging them and clogging them in the middle. But they just kept at it and at it, and they knew they would outlast them. Do you know what I mean? That Kilkenny mm. couldn't keep up. Kilkenny couldn't keep up what they were doing, but Limerick could, could keep up and stick to yeah. the game plan. Do you know what I mean? Even when they got tired, like, you, you look at the, at the end, like, right, Kilkenny... Kilkenny got tired. Limerick, Limerick obviously had to have been tired as well, but their their Christmas the crispness of their passing, their hand passing, um, their striking, everything just remained constant. You know what I mean? And and mm-hmm. that's that. Like you look at the games that the narrow games. When, when did they win them? They win them down that stretch, but they were they were just incredibly dominant. Like you know, I, I don't think we'll. I think that debate is is out there now about the. The Kilkenny team of their their four in a row and, and this Limerick four in a row team and and you know the I suppose the comparisons between them and um, you'd imagine well it's hard to see them being stopped from from greatness but who knows I suppose we don't know we don't know what will happen next year. Yeah, uh, when you see the likes of Cotton O'Neill coming in, young Adam English came in for a few minutes down the Munster final. Memory serves me correct, and the freaks of nature like like I'm looking at that Cotton O'Neill and I'm seeing a young Richie Hogan. And Kenya are bringing in actual Richie Hogan, who unfortunately is at the end of the tether. So this mm. guy's coming in, you know, in the peak of his powers, and they're producing that every year. And the age profile is so favourable. Like, it's it's actually frightening, to be honest. Mm. Like, you know, they, they could... There's no one saying that they couldn't do maybe seven. Like, do you know mm. what I mean? Sure, a puck of a ball or a decision was the difference between them and possibly six yesterday. Six yeah. in a row. Or 11 steps for a goal. <laughs> <laughs> Colin yeah. Fenley's goal like let's talk about the 65 in that game or whatever or the line yeah. ball or whatever but if lads the biggest decision for me in that game with Kilkenny in that semi-final was actually the amount of steps that, that Fenley took for the goal but mm. yeah look that that's it but like they're phenomenal but to have all you know we, we speak about teams and longevity as well and as much as to have the hurling and to have everything I know the debate was kind of maybe some people maybe didn't put it in as nice a way as they as as uh, as they could, and you were you you were speaking to one of the, the people maybe that tweeted something maybe there the other day. You just happened to be speaking to him, but um, but they, see, I suppose what they have as well is they have youth in their side. I mean, look, they have um, let's just say their profile and their backing that they have in their county as well, um, gives them the other little extras and edges to allow them to maintain. And to push on the standards that they've already that they have it there as well, and those are the things that can that can prolong, you know, playing playing careers. Like you know, people don't see that in terms of maybe injury prevention or when you know injuries happen, how speedy they are to be able to be um, managed and maybe rehabbed, and you know, all all the other things in the background. It's not just what happens on the pitch. And Limerick have those advantages in probably more than any county now. Um, and obviously they have that brilliant, fantastic talent. Let's not ever doubt mm-hmm. that. But they have those extra little edges that mean, you know, if you have two teams of of set standard, they have the little uh, the little edges and the little extras that that make them, I suppose, get over the line. But um, yeah, look, it'll be it'll take a great team to stop them. But sure, I suppose that's that's what we look forward to starting again next year. Yeah, that's it. Um... Okay, I suppose we better talk about club stuff here. This is why we're we're on this podcast at the end of the day, but we could not talk about the All Ireland and maybe a word on Carl Eddie's football as well. Actually, in, in all fairness, we'll 
we'll give that a mention. That looked like uh, a pretty poor decision. Uh, it was great thinking out cleanly here. So basically, for anyone that hasn't seen it, All Ireland Junior Ladies Football semi-final yesterday down in Carlo, down one by four points in the end. But um, Carlo had been given a free, an indirect free or possession free, whichever way you want to call it, because someone had gone down with a head injury. Cleaney Hay is about 30, maybe 35 yards out, whatever. And very, very cutely, I suppose, says, do you know what? I'm just going to drive this at the goalie. And yeah, obviously, if it goes in directly, uh, it won't count. But if the keeper panics for a minute and puts any part of the, the body to the ball and it goes into the net, then it does count. So it seemed now the footage wasn't hectic in terms of the zoom on it, but obviously there was some sort of contact with the keeper and the ball into the back of the net. You're assuming the goal is going to be given, and all of a sudden, in the best of their wisdom, they they say that the keeper is behind the go- behind the line, which is just simply zoom or no zoom, not possible. It doesn't look like it, it could be remotely possible. So they were they've right to feel hard done by. It's disappointing for them. I mean, it's a big moment in the game at that time, and um, you know they've been to a lot of other semi-finals and. You would feel a bit disappointed, but look, the sad reality is, Joe, it's not going to change anything. No, it's not, unfortunately, Kevin. I was following it on, I was clicking in now the, the YouTube um, link forward uh, live, and I was, you know, flicking between that and the Twitter as well, and a lot, a lot of very positive stuff to take out of the game. Um, there were probably, a lot, lot more football, probably a lot more the ball than their scores would have probably dictated, if you get me. And mm-hmm. down down seem to be able to get the scores a little bit easier. Um, the decision, I suppose, yeah, it's a tough one to take. Um, f- from looking at it and looking at the clip as well, I suppose, in fairness to the referee, as far as I can remember, you know, he does approach his umpires. He does have a discussion with them. It's not just immediately called, for, if memory yeah. uh, strikes me correctly. Oh, so, yeah. so uh, I suppose, look, it's a, you know, it's it's a harsh one. And, and again, we, we probably can't see see it in uh, or you know but you know I, I suppose at least it wasn't called from 50 40 yards away by a referee and just pointing out and that's it you know at least there was some discussion over but it's a hard one to take yeah it was a great bit of thinking by clean and furnace to you know to make up to make a goalie because uh, your natural reaction the ball is coming at you there you're putting your hands up and like we said if it touches someone if it touches the goalie and goes in it's a score and it's uh, it could have been would have been a key score at that stage or would have put them i think it would have put them a point ahead I think mm-hmm. or two points ahead at that stage, and then down actually I think countered then, and uh, got a goal and a point. I think not too long after. I think you know what I mean to kind of seal, seal the game. So it's a it's a big decision in a tight game. Furnace, it is a big decision. Yeah. But uh, look, uh, fair play to them for another good year, and hopefully maybe you know if they keep pushing on that next year maybe will will uh, will serve them better as well. You know. Yeah, here's hoping. Close though. So obviously I know you were. You're, you're on your sabbatical level, but in the, in the, oh, how do I put this? I suppose you managed, I'll simplify it. You managed to, to get a look at, um, at some of the games. So, um, yeah, Jays of, Jays of technology. Yeah. I actually, uh, yeah, I, I got to see the Ballinkill and Rangers game last night. Um, looked at it here, um, laying on the couch here. <laughs> um, so how bad, how bad to, to end the weekend like that. But, um, yeah, yeah. Not, too not too bad. Before I come to you on that, I'll, I'll just start in sequence of, of maybe the way yeah, it went. Perfect, yeah, perfect, yeah. We talked yeah. a bit about um, Nave Reid and Nave Owen, and I hadn't actually seen Nave Reid up until the game the other day. For context, it was horrendous conditions for the triple header in Netwatch Cullen Park. Uh, Stevie sat on for the third one. Um, I I didn't. I'd be straight with you. I had somewhere to be anyway, but 
It was absolute. It was a big ask anyway. They're, they're, a triple header is a big ask. Now, I'd say many people would say that's that's the ideal night away for Stevie. I'm surprised he didn't bring a camp bed in the whole lot because uh, three three games from Dr. Collins suggests he's in the place the whole time, anyway. But look, yeah. he's involved with Neighbor Eid. Naturally, he was going to be there for that one. Um, I have to say, like, I'm a bit disappointed, I think, with, with maybe how, how Neighbor Eid are hurling. I think there's more in them. Yes, they're a bit off, and even at their best, they probably would be still. I'm not going to say slightly off, like, but definitely better than what they produced the other day. Uh, even taking consider the the conditions into into consideration, simple things like striking, handling, touch, all those things were were kind of not where they should be or where you'd expect. And you get shown up for it in senior championship hurling. Adam Dunn wasn't playing; he was ruled out. Um, so obviously he's been wearing six, but kind of sitting back as a as a sweeper or whatever, and that meant uh, they opted to put Mikey Barbrick back there as a sweeper, which was an interesting one. But I, I understand maybe where you'd come from that line of thinking because he's so good on the ball, he's a great reader of the game. But then obviously the flip side of that is you lose a serious forward up near the goal at the far side, and like Figo Tool in the middle of the field, um. Again, a forward by trade. So naturally, like you had two guys that were probably going to struggle if Aaron Ammon wasn't firing, they were going to struggle for scores. And unfortunately, probably Aaron didn't want have one of his better days. Like striking wasn't great. He slipped going in for a goal. It was just one of those days for him. And then John Murphy goes off in the second half. But I suppose like it was eight five a half time, they've won ahead. Nave Reed missed an awful lot of chances in the first quarter in particular. Um, should have been closer, possibly could have been ahead. Uh, Navon punished every mistake. John Michael put over two fine points in the first half. Um, what do you call it? Uh, James Smithers came in and looked fairly dangerous for for Navon. Like you know what I mean? Cottle Tracy mm-hmm. actually came on as a sub. When I say James Smithers come in. I mean he came in as a as a kind of a late start or whatever. Yeah. Cottle Tracy come on for Gavin Rajisco just before half time. Ross Dermody hurled a savage game for every cornerback. He was unbelievable now because Rajisco has been pretty good and. He got the curly finger before half time and he, he did very well, Ross did on uh, on Cottle Tracy as well. But uh, you always thought we'd spread the scores, Joe, and I'm always devil's advocate with it. Uh, and I always use Dennis Murphy as the example. But spread the scores was key. I think there was five different scores for Nave One maybe at half time and Nave mm-hmm. Reed only had one. Like and Fico Tool got a point from play. I think it was the only point from play they got in the whole game. Three points in the second half. Um, Fake two place balls. Aaron Almond with a with a place ball. And uh, what really kind of, what really was disappointing was 30 seconds into the second half, Dylan Kavanagh is one of three, John Hickey's right beside him and he throws the head into a lad. The game was gone. As soon as that happened, the game was absolutely gone. They were always going to be under pressure, but it ruined the game. And from that point on, it was kind of how much are, are Nave Owen going to win by. There was a few moments of excitement with, uh, with uh, Mikey going through a couple of times for, for goal chances. Brian Tracy actually made a few really good saves as well. Scored a, a very good penalty. Um, Sir Lucky is, we know what he is, we know what he's capable of, we know how good he is, etc. etc. Jorah Kavna, I thought was pretty impressive for Navon. He caught the eye. Um, yeah. here's one for you actually. I, I'd be curious to see what you would do now. So Navon obviously do play with Dwayne Kavna free. Um, and Nave Reed had had Mikey free at the other end. But when Dylan Kavna got sent off, um Obviously, Dwayne Cavanaugh was already free. I'm nearly certain it was Jarrah Cavanaugh um, was the second person that ended up free. But they actually placed him in the middle of the field. Now, I was thinking 
initially, would you have pushed up the other free man onto an A-breed sweeper? It didn't matter in the end. It was immaterial. But I'd be curious to know what would you do in that situation? Would you keep the second free man in the middle third? You probably wouldn't have a sweeper on you to start with. But if you did, like, would you push up on the, on the uh, other guy? Yeah, what's this middle third, sure? You can, you can drive the ball over. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, I know, not at all. Um, yeah, well, look, I suppose, look, it's a, it's funny. It's a, a game, that, look, the most important thing for Navon was to get the win, okay, Yeah. in terms of the sweeper. So you're used to playing a system. You're used to keeping, you know, your backs in place. You're used to keeping, you know, so probably rather than causing any difference to their system, they just left it as is, you know what I mean? Because they were... They were probably win they're winning as is, if you get me. Mm-hmm. So why you know what was the difference in changing up? And they're probably going to play that same system. Uh they have played this year, they'll probably play that same system next weekend as well. So mm-hmm. the second free so, man though, yeah. Yeah, like, but what the, like yeah. yeah, well, I mean you you're the second free man, but what did you really have to gain? You know, as in you were going to get the win, you want to make sure you get the win. You want to like to push up, you're not going to be you're not going to be doing that next week. Okay, let's let's be honest with you. Like you're not like to have you know a tough game against coming up uh, next week against uh, Mullins. Um, so t- to me, just keep keep your system. You mm. know, keep 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 things as were. Do you know what I mean? I mean, right? You might say push up, take a chance, put uh, near breed sweeper under pressure. Do you know what I mean? Go man for man up the forwards and in, uh, sorry, in, in against near breeds backs, etc. But to me, those you know. I, I, I think you're you're messing around a bit too much with your own setup. Um, and plus, you know, like I said, I think just the key thing for them was to grind out, to get the win, not to grind, and obviously they didn't grind it out, the, the, the one handsomely enough in the end. Um, and I think maybe one eye, maybe on next week, maybe that's why they were keeping keeping their their, their positions in place, you know what I mean? Um, but just getting back to the near breed thing, um, and, and we kind of, we maybe we've spoken about it before, I, I do think, um, you know, I do think come, making the step back up from intermediate to senior, the the change in the format as well. Uh, you know, in terms of hurling going first the last couple of years, or we call it, you know, single single court seasons. I I, I think that will help them. Um, you know, I, I think it'll take a couple of years to make to, to to come up the levels. You know, because obviously, like I said, we're kind of seeing that. Would say last year under twenty and minor level, the two good teams or year four, should say, um, and um, so they have talent coming through, but it is hard for them to build or bridge the gap in a short space time in two years. That's that's mm-hmm. just the reality, um. But things can change into you know in time, as I say as well. I mean, you know, fortunes can change for teams in time, um. So. You know, and and I think at the weekend the victory probably for for Navon was more important because I think they're further along the line. Mm. They've always, you know, they've hadn't had those ups and downs like maybe that Navbreed have had in the last over the last couple of years, and maybe there's a change in the guard and a change in the style up there as well. So I think for them, the win was obviously Navbreed would have wanted to get something out of the game, but I think from a Navon point of view, getting that win gives them, you know, it it, it gives them. Gives them something to, to to show for their season, and probably gives them that little bit of a lift um, going in n- next week to play what's looking like a formidable, or as always, even a more formidable team uh, this year in in terms of Nave Molling. So at least it gives them a bit of confidence. Um, I think the unique thing, Kevin, by the way, about Nave Owen this year is that I think uh, I think they've plus three. They've actually a better 
they have a fairly good um, scoring difference. So it shows like that a puck of a ball here or there, like you know that they could they they could be in the shake up come come for semi final time or have at least have something to play for for uh, say the follow next weekend. But um, so I suppose look getting back to your original point, I think maybe that's why they just didn't. You know they didn't go kind of hell for leather that they just kept what they have because maybe one eye on on next weekend and mm. trying to get some sort of a a decent result out of next week's game to kind of end the year on on some sort of a kind of a positive for them you know absolutely I actually see the sense in in having the second free man at midfield as well like it was never a thing where I would be saying push away and Kavanaugh away because like that's that's the one free guy when someone gets sent off sent off for the opposition team. That's where I was curious and intrigued. But if you think about the way they play the game, if you leave that second free man in the middle, and, okay, right, the flip side is Mikey Bamberg was still free. So if you think about this now, it would sound crazy in in one sense, that, like, you have two free men, or you're still allowing the other team to have a free man down yeah. in front of their own goal, right? But the way they play the game through the hands and stuff, it lends itself to it, because you're drawing a man the whole time, mm. right? So that's where... And it worked for them. It absolutely worked for them. So I was thinking... You know, you're so creating you're, you're creating overlaps. You've more in the middle. Yeah, you're yeah. Cre- yeah, you know, and, and yeah. So that, look, that's that's the that's the that's the crack with that one. Um, and, and then, like you said, it's a it's a kind of like sorry, Kevin, lost you there for a second. Yeah, I, I yeah. actually lost you there for a second. <laughs> yeah, but apologies. No, what, what I was actually going to say was, um, I suppose the downfall of uh of the head-to-head means that Navon don't have a, an opportunity to go through if they did beat St. Mullins next weekend, which is unfortunate, yeah. I guess. You know, with that plus three score difference, like, I'd, I'd imagine Bidenstown's one isn't too ha- handsome, like. Um, no. no, I think, uh, I think uh, after, if I'm right in thinking, I think it's it, after Rangers and after St. Mullins, like St. Mullins are plus 59 or something massive. Well, and, I, I, yeah, I think, I think, um, I think Navon are actually plus three or something like that. They're actually, you know, they're out. yeah. I'm actually doing the same myself because I I, 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 I know, I have it here actually, Kevin. Yeah. So they're, I think they're actually plus yeah. So Navon are actually sitting on plus three. Uh, mm. Bagnestown are minus twenty two. Ballinkillen are plus one. Rangers fifth plus fifteen. Uh, Nave Molling plus fifty nine. So and and breed are minus fifty six or something like that. So. They're, they're actually a decent scoring, you know, in terms of their, their you know, they're positive uh, in terms of that. So, you know, it's a, it's a mad one, given, I suppose, given, like you said, that they, ha- they really don't have, there's nothing to play really for next week, barring the one game we'll probably talk about later on is the, the Battle and Kill and Bagnestown game, you know? Yeah, yeah, it is. It, look, we know, we've, we've been down the road of structures. I'm not going to go down it again because you're sick of me talking about it no more than what do you call it i might be i might be getting an eye with money and ga managers and stuff the way around but sure look that's the that's the joys of but um it is it is a downfall of head to head when when something like that maybe happens and, and maybe a downfall of four or six going through uh possibly too but we're not going to go there we'll call it quits no we'll call we won't it quits go there. On. effectively next weekend before we go to the two games anyway uh like saint Mullins are going to finish top there's no way i don't think that they can finish top Regardless of what happens in their encounter with Nave Owen. Um obviously it gets interesting after that. Like as you said, Ballin Killen and Bindestone, you know, is is the one. Look, we will, we will go into it later on. But second game. So you mentioned Ballin Killen and Rangers. I was at it, you've looked at it. I'll let you start with it. Yeah, well look, scoring burst, that's what did the damage really. It was um for Mount Leinster Rangers, fought four points in the first minute and a half. 
uh, and then one eight to no score in the maybe the first quarter. Yeah, third quarter. Yeah, and that's what did the damage. You know what I mean? Really. Um, I suppose I, I was listening to it originally on the on the radio, and um, you know, you, you, maybe you get a different flavor of things maybe when you're listening to it. Um, you know, there was a lot of bad waves in the first half, uh, both teams. Um, I thought, you know, Manchester Rangers probably were probably hit the the more of them, I suppose. Um, some very poor waves in play uh, again. Poor waves in, in terrible conditions. So not, I better put that that asterisk on that. It wasn't you know there was waves on both yeah. sides, um. But they're striking. They, they had an urgency about them in the first half. Um, thought our our backs contained um Rangers pretty well. You know, in the in that first half, we didn't kind of give them a a platform to uh, to to build off of. Um, Jack Tracy was lively in the first half for for Ball, from Ballinkillen point of view. Um, took his goal, um, sort of like he took his goal really, really well. Uh, big score, I suppose. We talked about him at the start of the year, he ended up, I think, at one two at the weekend. Um, about maybe adding that kind of score and power to his game because we know he's kind of everything else. Um, so it looked kind of very positive there from Ballinkill's point of view. I thought, um, a couple of frees in the first half that they probably really needed. Yeah, I know you might say, you know, Monster Rangers had hit wides and that's fine, but you probably always knew that there was probably something going to come from, from a Mount Leinster Rangers point of view. Like they had a goal chance, Chris Nolan had a good goal chance in the game in the first half as well. Um, you know, um, so you probably knew, and I thought the tempo looking at the game, I thought Rangers were set, you know, had a good, good enough tempo that you knew there was probably going to be a patch where they were going to kind of come, you know, re really come good. And I thought maybe, you know, from Ballinkillen's point of view, we probably needed to hit those, um, hit those, what do you call it? Um, hit those, hit those frees and hit those scores to maybe push out that gap uh, at half time. Um, second half, then, uh, Jesus, uh, where do you go with that? Um, I, I, it's hard to know. It's hard to put, hard to know what to put down. Kind of, uh, oh, it's not. It's not like. A, di a difference, I suppose. Like, like in fairness to Rangers, like I said, I, I thought their tempo was quite good in the first half. I, I just thought we couldn't seem to turn a ball in the second half. Um, we coughed up a few scores. There wasn't an urgency to our play. I thought, uh, you know, as much as we maybe needed to have, um, the I suppose key moments in the second half for me anyway. Um. And it shows the importance of different players coming back. And I and I might have said it as well in our kind of chat as well. I thought Michael Dyle's influence um was in two key moments in the second half for me. Um he was excellent. Um first he got a great hook on, on Jack Tracy. Jack was going through on goal. And then secondly, in the lead up to uh Chris Nolan's goal, he um he you know he he actually drove through, broke a ball forward um in the just in the lead up to the start of the goal. Um and that kind of urgency and that kind of solidity back in, in the full back line. I think um you know if if Rangers have I suppose ambition to which obviously do but have you know a, a, an eye on, on, on turning over uh whoever um to win to win a county title um you know he he'll have to be a key man for them back there. Um the striking was a lot better in the in the what you call it in the second half. Um they, they picked off their scores, I suppose, a lot better. And, you know, we talked about it before about key men coming good. Chris took his goal really well. Um, 
he uh, you know he, he did he played cute he saw Tomas Dowling coming off his goal to try I suppose shut, shut off the angles or you know make things tight and he just flicked it rather than getting a full strike on the on the ball flicked it I suppose kind of like what Jack Tracy did uh, in the first half as well so yeah look I think I think Ballinkillen will be will be disappointed with just like we said that you know that to concede one eight without reply. And to kind of effectively, you know, that third quarter push from from Mullins to Rangers' view will please them. Um, it's hard, you know. Geez, I think conditions were probably. I mean, you were there in person, Kevin. Conditions just seem to be to have so much to play. I mean, I, I've never seen say, you know, the free like the free takers on both sides are just incredible. Just from a free taking point of view, I'd say it was an absolute nightmare. Um, because. You know, you had Chris, David English, uh, Shane Kelly, lads like this, Eric English, lads who are just phenomenal free takers, you know, missing the easiest of, of chances. And even, you know, even from what we call relatively simple chances from, from open play as well. Um, so, yeah, I suppose, um, you know, that's, it, that's it's, it's, it's uh, you know, that's the kind of worry maybe from Ballinkin's point of view, uh, you know, maybe how, when how did he address that kind of slump you know what i mean because teams are going to have purple patches on you and maybe they'll just be a little bit disappointed with how they maybe didn't get a reaction or didn't you know just didn't do something maybe to to arrest that slump in in that third quarter um but that's not taken away from Leinster rangers um they were excellent you know excellent in excellent in that third quarter and pushed on and i suppose mm. like any good team they'll punish you when they get a chance to go on top they'll punish you and that they did like you know absolutely yeah look you're you're after summing it up pretty good there to be honest i i would say a few things i suppose and on the articles there on the left wing and um, i can't remember who was it told me it could have been pat hickey actually told me frank foley was in the goal and sure you know yeah. pat now a bit of a rogue is it is it sure like this lad, this lad now was trying to pull the wall over my eyes forever. Next thing, Frank wasn't the goal. Dean Grennan wasn't talked out. I think Seamus yeah. O'Brien is involved with Seamus Kelly's backroom team with the Kenny Intermediate Kamogi side. So Frank was back between the sticks. Um, probably would have played that final in 01, I'd say, against Ye Joe from memory. Um, Head out the field. Final. Yeah, similar on a similar day. I was just thinking, mm. you know, it's a, a funny one. Like to, to Dean Tobin. Rangers training up 75 seconds mm. it took for the first three scores and and, and they were dingers of scores like absolutely you know oh, cracking scores from oh, distance as well scores. yeah yeah like those flurries and i see the one thing i see with rangers like and correct me if i'm wrong on this i'm almost certain when jack tracy got the goal they had a score straight away near yeah. enough straight away after they done it against bynastown every time bynastown got a goal they came back with a point straight away and that's literally i think what you're looking for in that third quarter where Ballinkillen maybe fell. There just wasn't that response. And that's what needs to happen to make that next step. The other crucial aspect, I think, Joe, which is worth talking about, and it's something I think James Hickey was suggesting might happen now. And it's a difficult one. Like, Michael Joyce has been trying at the deep end. Sean Joyce is in at the deep end. Young Jamie Nolan at the deep end. And, like, you need you need the youth. You need to give them time. They need to bet in. And all those are going to be fine senior hurlers. But then you need a bit of cuteness and experience as well. And you got two things there, right? Michael Dale, who you said, like the thing you didn't, I suppose, and it's not nice to endorse, but he pulled down. Um, was it Mark Foley pulled down? Possibly. Mm, got yellow, yeah. Yeah, and look, took it for the parish. Yeah, yeah. you got to do those things, right? That's the little bit of all the dark arts, as the fella say, but like it has to be done too. But 
as soon as Dermot Byrne goes back full back for me, they look just a different outfit. They mm. looked at that little bit steadier. Like so, you have Oliver Slap, possibly Michael Dial and Dermot Byrne back there in that line. They have any amount of options at six, Joe, but they don't have any amount of options at three. That's the thing, and they haven't really had massive options probably since Gary Dial passed um, passed on onto intermediate and down to junior and all these things, and he's still going. Uh, but like Brian Nolan come in, steady the ship, but they've tinkered with the position an awful lot. Like so, you went Brian Nolan, you went David Phelan. You went Richard Kelly. Gary Kelly was there for a while. It's never a position that they really settled on, but yet they've won championships, yeah. even despite that, or in spite of that, I suppose. So, like, you get Dermot Bourne back to three now, right? And you have anyone, like Kevin McDonald, Gary Lawler, Tony Lawler, Richie Cody, anyone there at six, like, they can play. So, Mack went in at six when Bourne went back. Tony Lawler come in wing back. And that, that actually could be a big turning point in their season, in my opinion. Um, mm. You know, if they were to go and click then and, and you see what they did maybe in the first couple of minutes and see what they do in the third quarter, that's like they are a frightening sight. But I say that with a huge asterisk because I didn't see St. Mullins at all this year yet. Just the way things have worked out, I haven't seen them. And I believe that they were ruthless, absolutely ruthless against the town. Um, Stevie was obviously at that one and we have we have a report up on, on the website from it. But I kept an old ear on it as well, like, they just kept the throttle down. There's, there's, Jesus, there's a route to the street there this year. And they're, mm. they don't look like they're going letting up like either. You know no. what I mean? No. Well, they, yeah, I suppose segueing into that game, you're right, Kevin. Um, just actually before we segue into that game, just from a, from a, from Ballinkillen point of view and from a Carlo Hurland point of view, because you always have to have the bigger picture as well. Um, good to see Kieran Whelan back in the pitch, by the way, from yes, for Ballinkillen. And I think, Getting twenty minutes into Kieran, right? Match, you know, a match was probably just gone at that stage. Maybe in terms of maybe getting something out of the game, but um, he got twenty minutes into his legs. So you know, Pat English and the boys will be happy with that. You know, to get minutes into his legs because probably in you know we talked we talked about next weekend and we look at that in a second. But um, um, you know, with with that in mind. Um, Sam Mullins have been ruthless yet yeah, to put up the score. I think it was 14 points to two, I think, at half time. Mm. And then I think five minutes into the second half, they got another two, whatever, two, two, or something like that. Um, there doesn't seem to be any any let up, like you said. Um, and I think that's, I suppose, that's we won't call it a difference this year in St. Mullins. Um, but it's probably the first time we've seen them really bare their teeth. Um, game on game in 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 the in the group stage of the championship. Uh, in we'll call it with this kind of particular group of players. There seems to be an extra dimension or edge about their 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 play and their rootlessness, like we said. Um, you know, I think, like I said, I think they ended up which was a three twenty two, wasn't her three twenty three or something three twenty six. I mean, mm. on in trying conditions, that's phenomenal scoring, like. You know, and, and we talk, yeah, we talked about the spread of scores as well. Um, you know, looking looking at their spread of scores, I mean, Jesus, like it's um, it's crazy because you kind of partially shut down one and someone else pops up and so on and so on. And that's the sign of a team. You know what I mean? They're they're not reliant on a particular player. Um, I think Town Gales will be hugely disappointed with, with with that, given you know that's probably. A couple of games now, you know, where they haven't like they've kind of failed to fire 
at all, really. You know, after you know, Baron their first game, really, like they've really they've really failed to to fire as such. You know what I mean? Um, and that'll worry them. Um, you know, I mean, I suppose a team like we said, I, I don't know. I, I thought with an open game like that, it might suit them. You know, because you know, Sam Mullins would come out and. You know, it was it, it, they would try to outscore or out, you know, outmaneuver you that way. They wouldn't, you know, they, they, they like a kind of an open game, St. Mullins, and a high tempo game. And I thought that might suit uh, Bagginstown Gales. So that, that'll be a worry from their point of view um, to try to get that, to try to get themselves back on track. Um, and again, I suppose, you know, um, the, the scoring, scoring power comes down to, and we talk about the potential that's there. I know Paddy McDonald clipped over a few points, but. Um, you know, other than that, like I think Craig and Darren Nolan got a couple of frees as well. They, mm. they got very little from play, and that that'll be a worry because you're not going to whatever about losing that particular match. But you're not going to annex a county title going forward, um, uh, unless you can, you know, up your firepower. Um, and you know that that that'll be something that Eddie Scally, um, I suppose, will be scratching his head over this week. And I suppose it it, it does come down. It is a big week. We talked about the championship. Um, table, and we talked about effectively one and two being you know, one or two are, are nailed on, and it's only you know, three and four, and what order they come in now. But it, it that that game at the weekend between Ballinkill and the Bagginson Games Gales is a huge test for both and with big consequences. Because I suppose we talked before about any team wanting to face anyone or any, anyone, any team will have a cut off anyone in, in a semi final. But the way St Mullins are performing this year, um, whoever comes in in fourth position, you know, is 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 fa- is facing into probably a tougher game, or a tougher game, or you know, maybe a, a well on paper or on form, a tougher on game. Form it is, yeah. On yeah. form, you know, that's the reality on form. Um, than they would have maybe a thought maybe envisaged at the start of the year. So that Bagginstown Gales, Bagginstown, or Bagginstown Gales, Ballinkilling game, um, is obviously the game of the weekend, and and. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's there's it it I suppose it'll tell a lot for their championship ambitions. You know, not just you know not not where they place, but maybe what sort of form they're going to bring in a week later into the semi final. Yeah, so that's Friday at eight o'clock. Just run down through the fixtures, and we'll preview them there in a bit of detail. Um, yeah, Friday at eight o'clock in Netwatch Cullen Park, you have Ballinkillen and Bagnesson Gales, and a double header on Saturday evening. You have a five o'clock start for Renders and their breed. And a six forty-five start for Nave Owen and Nave Molling. Um, to be honest with you, I might just go to the other two games because, with the greatest will and respect in the world, like there's no great importance on much of much of uh, well, much of the games really in general. Sort of no places, but I, I get what you mean. There's a bit more of importance about who you're facing, says you with with Ballin Killen and, and Bagnerson, which makes it tight around. But like Mullins Rangers are going to be in a breed. It's a question of how much by. I hate saying that. But we on, but like it's true. Um, Nave Owen, Nave Mauling, like you know, Nave Owen made encouraging signs. Nave Mauling know that they're they're top. Yeah, look, it doesn't. It's it's immaterial really. So I'd say St. Mullins might still just go and win it. They want to keep maybe a bit of momentum going into that semi final. So probably fancy St. Mullins and Rangers. Now, when it comes to Ballinkillen and Bidenstone, the key thing for me anyway. And I said it a few times about both Joe, is that level of consistency like that they're missing. You know, that's the difference, in my opinion, between Ball and Killen making that next step and and not like because they're not they're not shy of talent, they have all the talent. Bindestown have talent, but at times, at times they go missing. 
both teams mm. going missing. Like this is the problem. So there's no room for hiding on on Friday night. Like you know what I mean. And uh, yeah, it's it's a game. It's a game of definite intrigue. And like. Okay, right. it's not it's not a game breaker, but like, where do you, where do you go with this? I suppose you say to yourself, yes, I probably don't want to play Saint Mullins, but other than that, you know, there's still that little bit of a caveat there. So you'd hope maybe that both teams are going to just express themselves and give it a bash, which I'm sure they will. But you don't want a, a game to be really, I suppose, contained and you know hurling within yourself because. Basically, that's what I'm trying to say. I feel at times that they hurl within themselves, both clubs do. And if they come out and express, I think we could be in for a great game. Like, hmm. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think what both teams have to move away from as well, I think, you know, I, mean, I know there's great rivalry between all the clubs and there'll be great rivalry, you know, between Bell and Gillen, especially in Bangsong Gales, uh, come, come the weekend. And I think both teams kind of have, to, and players have to move aside from that and focus you know, fo- I know it sounds stupid, but focus on the game, focus on the win, you know, focus on what's important. Um, you know, because it doesn't account it, it, it for it, the win will count for something in terms of your, your placing and so on. Um, yeah, look, from we'll I'll say from I, I'll go from a Ballon Killing point of view first. Like, I mean, I think the yeah. encouraging signs are, um, the encouraging signs are like our like right. We might maybe Eric English might be out. He he went off at, at halftime at the weekend with with suspected maybe consult, concussion or a bang to the head. You know that type of thing. But more or less kind of back at a full full steam and with Kieran now available, it gives us a huge kind of uh, you know gives a huge plus there. Um, you know a kind of centre forward or in maybe that half forward line somewhere. Um, just makes makes everything tick. Allows maybe maybe Sean. Murphy or maybe even Jack Tracy or you know whoever to pop inside into that inside line as well and just gives other options. So from a Ballinkillen point of view, look, um, they're probably you know going to be as close to the peak of their powers as they can be in terms of their personnel available. Um, they probably um, like wh- where will they look for for game winners? Maybe well, look, I I am um, I think definitely we mentioned him before and we mentioned his presence uh, is um, Jack Tracy. I think Jack, mm. I suppose, will be key to unlocking any defense and be key to unlocking the Bagnestown defense. Um, if you're Bagnestown, what way do you operate? Like, do you man mark him? Do you say like, do you are, are you again are you going to change your your position to or sorry your team setup to man mark Jack? He'd probably maybe probably starting that maybe half forward line again. You know, does say uh, Key and Dial or someone else, someone pick him up, someone who's going to track him, going going to stay with him because in fairness he, he pops in and pops out a huge amount. That'd be probably a key thing, you know, a key, a key kind of thing that maybe um, Eddie Scally and, and the crew are maybe thinking about um, as well. Again, you know, if, I suppose you have Sean's direct run, Sean Murphy's direct run on the far side. Then if if he's the other wing forward, um, and and you know, maybe how do you stop him? You know, in terms of underneath the puck out as well. So I think Ballon Killen will bring, you know, I, I think I, if they can bring some of that kind of tempo and that that snappiness and that urgency that they had against um, Nave Breed, um, you know, I, I think they will have, and, may, and in patches as well in, 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 in all the games, I suppose, but particularly over the, the hour against Nave Breed, that, um, that kind of tempo to the game and, and that Christmas to the hurling, I, I think they'll, you know they'll go a long way on on getting the victory at the weekend. Um, 
I, 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 it's hard to know, like from a Bagnestown Gales point of view. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, you know, I, I, like they, they obviously proved that they can put a score on the board. Um, it would have been something I would have had little doubts about, and I mentioned that at the start of the year, getting their forwards as a collective unit to to put up the scores on the board and mm. to co- to constantly contribute. Now that's hard saying that, and you have Jake Dyle already on four goals and five points, and you know lads like that. But you know you need that. You said here, there, Kevin, and you hit that. You hit, hit the one word, which is important: consistency. And they don't seem to be getting that consistency out or out or forward line at the minute, and you know, an outer team play as well at the minute. Um, uh, you know, I suppose. Look again, they have game changers in their team. You know, we talked about their their man markers in the back. You know, with Alfie and and again the few lads carrying little knocks, Keen or Keen Dyle. Um, I think Jamie Clark hurled at the weekend, if I'm right in thinking. Um, yeah, as far as I remember. Yeah. Yeah, he he has always caused um, bother um, against Ballinkillen in terms of his the way he you know his direct run. He's kind of like Jack Tracy as well, in terms of you know, I suppose ha- so. Ha- yes, exactly everywhere and and so hard to nail down. You know, he doesn't he didn't hold a position and he'll cause trouble. I think he'll cause trouble in there. They have great pace inside in there as well. Like you know, like we said with with Paddy McDonald as well, and they'll be looking to try get that ball in early. I mean, um. You know, maybe you know, maybe that could be getting that ball as quick as they can into into our inside line. Um, will be will be key for them. But it's kind of two teams who are coming into it with our form or not with a not with consistency or not with. You know, it's a it's very hard to pick a winner. Obviously, my heart is 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 in Ballinkillen, and it's hard, obviously I, I don't go. I wouldn't be. As I say, it's hard to go again at any time. But um, with this one, it's so hard to call because you just. You don't know which Ballinkillen or which Bagnestown Gales team is going to appear in the pitch yeah. on, on Friday night. You know, um, I can't see it being, I can't see it being a high-scoring game. Um, I can't see it. I can't see the tempo of the game. You know, being end for end sort of stuff. Um, you know, I, I, and again, I, I, I just can't see the way t- both teams are going at the minute. I can't see a whole lot in it. I think it'll be a low enough score, maybe one fifteen, one sixteen. To maybe mm-hmm. one thirteen or one fourteen sort of game, but um, yeah, it's an, it's it's the most interesting tight around in furnace, Kevin. Yeah, I think it'll be a red card in it. There's there's my better weekend, um, which is probably an easy enough one maybe to call. But I think down through the years, obviously, there's always a little bit of niggle there. But like you have to have one eye in a semi final and bear that in mind. But you can't have that line of thinking in a moment, like which which you can all no. have. Moments but that, but that, that's that's getting back to my point. Like you, let, the players can't. You know, if you're Bagnestown, yes, yes. Well, you know, if you're yeah. Bagnestown, uh, you know, affect Ballinkillen, or if you're Ballinkillen, uh, affect the, the town lads or whatever. It's not about that. The bigger picture here has to be next weekend, being right for that in every sense, getting your hurling right for the semi final, regardless of who you're playing. You know what I mean? If whether you lose the game, but you hurl well and you're bringing something into yeah. the semi final, if you're bringing a huge lot of negativity, if you're carried a red card, apart from the lad missing it, the bad vibe in the camp and everything goes weighted. So, you know, like I said, I think you have to put, you have to put rivalries aside. There's a lot on the, on the line, but you can't be, you know, you can't be flaking into stuff because of, you know, what happened 40 years ago, as I said, you know what I mean? That your, your mm-hmm. mind has to be, has to be focused on, on what you want to get out of the game in terms of the win. And, 
and, and moving into the semi-final in a, in a positive in a positive way you know what you want is a camera either side of that press box on the terrace side now and i you will get color you will get color on that terrace let me tell you yeah yeah it does ga does mad things to people but, yeah. yeah that's it yeah crazy people so it's always good fun up there um yeah and no, i look looking forward to it for sure um i'm just trying to think intermediate championship is on this weekend too i think there's a couple of games on sunday at 12 yeah. o'clock st Mullins are home to carter town and bindestown are home to rangers uh junior wise joe you're like big results big result coming in there kevin go for it give it to me big result yeah ballonkillen uh 213 killed evan 14 points tonight journey yeah, that was one of the reasons I got cut off there a minute ago. Um, right, right, and, right. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, one of the mentors, Noel Cummins, was uh, was giving give me a ring, so I mean, give him a buzz back after. But uh, yeah, um, very good game. He said, just text me back there. Said it was a very good game, two thirteen to fourteen points. Yeah, so probably um, we, we're, we've been Ballon Killing point of view, we've been going pretty okay. Recorded a, a good win against Navon last Wednesday night there, and um, that's four wins now. So that's that's us into the semi-final um so 11 of yeah, three I, don't they uh 11 of three yeah three yeah so I think, probably have won everything oh, they? yeah born rangers won all i think um mount leinster rangers then i think it, i i think from from my reckoning now i think it's probably probably could be ourselves killed Avon, mount leinster rangers born rangers in not that particular order but i think i think that might be the might be the order that as uh, I think Carlo Town, um, Ne Breed, um, um, Carlo Town, Ne Breed, Ne Vaughan, and who else I'm missing there? Sam uh, Mullins will likely miss out, but again, don't quote mm-hmm. me on that now. I might, I might be missing the result, but from the top of my head, I think that those probably will likely be the teams that will go forward to the we'll say the top four and and the, the bottom four. Like, mm. again, we spoke about this thing of going to play junior hurling. It's changed. There's there's a standard in it now. It's not mm. like pub hurling or anything like that. Like it's it's good quality. You see some of the scores the foreign rangers are putting up there, like and yeah. some of the quality of hurling in, in the grade, you know. And I suppose even with the intermediate, like if it's such a pity, I suppose, like when you see most of the good teams in it are our second teams, naturally they're they're so strong, but they're so good as well. Like the whole yeah. landscape has changed. Like you'd be confident enough even. Because I went to play intermediate games from every 10 years ago and I might have picked up a hurl for, I don't know, six, seven months, like, and you get away with it, like, you know what I mean, to a certain yeah. extent. Not a hope, and now you'd be made a show up, absolutely yeah. made a show up, like, you know, it's just the way, the way it's gone, and that's that's for the better. A word on John Keenan, actually, and part of the wire as well. It's a pity, I suppose, Joe, that the whole thing comes down to, well, number one, age, and number two, the fact that it was, you know, it, it did seem to be between the two of them for the other one has obviously missed out, and that's part our old man. Um, yeah, it is. It's a disappointment that naturally that that he never got an all earning. But this whole thing of fifty years of age, I'm not sure I'm a fan of that either. Like, um, you've got referees there that are, you know, obviously capable for another few years. Like, why why are we trying to get rid of them? It's so hard to get them in the first place. Like, yeah, and and first, it's not like years ago when maybe that rule was in place or whatever, and fifty. So you fifty. I'm fit, like I'm fifty in two years time. I wouldn't consider myself old, or I consider myself yeah. reasonably good order. And the, obviously, I know from speaking to say Patrick Murphy in particular, um, the levels of fitness that I see, I see him constantly training and getting to and John Hickey and the boys, in terms to be an inter county referee, sure, fit as fiddles or fit. Mm-hmm. You know, they're really they're really fit. They they are particularly because, and I know Pod is too because he, you know, he takes it 
you know, as I say, he takes it serious. He's not like, say, I won't say taking his name, but taking, say, like Brian Gavin years ago, maybe carrying a little bit. You know, I was still obviously a great referee as well, but you know what I mean? The times have changed. So I think that would be something to has to be reviewed because, like, there's lots of great referees, like, um, who, like you said, there's Pod and, and John Keenan, both of them stepping back from inter county and two incredibly good referees who've given huge time and service. And, you know, what's the difference between 50 or 51 or whatever else if they're if they're able to meet the standards in terms of fitness um yeah. which they are why shouldn't they be allowed to continue you know so yeah mm -hmm. but uh, i think david i think he's want to chat with us on this actually i was chatting down a few weeks back he did a great interview with kieran murphy actually just after i was talking to him on uh the across the four legs podcast which is worth checking out really really good yep. interview and i think he's going to have a chat with us about this whole thing very soon like the age thing and all this kind of stuff and maybe why why sometimes we have a lack of linesmen and stuff in, in Carlo, which thankfully hasn't been a problem the last couple of weeks. That's been a, a particular yep. positive of note. But uh, John, to be honest with you, I think John Higgy, he reft uh, ref Nair Breed and Nair Wander. Uh, man, I think he's savage. I just mm -hmm. love the way he's refereeing the game. And I say it the whole time, that 21 final with St. Wollens and Rangers, I'm convinced he fucked the whistling over the ditch and he's only going to float this whistle. <laughs> Lord, whenever it's necessary, but it was a simple thing the other day. I think someone put in a big hit, and then obviously, in coming out with the ball, was a few steps taken, but he just he just didn't blow either. It was like, right, mm -hmm. okay, I, I can see why that might have been that, but if I blow it now, they'd be like, well, sure, you could have blown the first one, kind of a thing. So he just didn't blow it. Similar with a ball within yesterday between Hugh Lawler, I don't think the TV picked it up right, it's short half the replay. Hugh Lawler and Aaron Galan, and um, the two of them were, were at each other, and he just didn't blow it at all. Now, in the second half. There was one where he did actually blow, but yeah. I, I like that. It's kind of like, right, there's obviously two minutes and the sensible thing to do is just not blow the bloody thing at all. Yeah, that, you know, yeah. John is refereeing so well. Look, all the referees, we have to be thankful and grateful for them. We don't have them, we don't have any games without them, like, you know. Um, oh, fact, Kevin, and uh, exactly, that's a fact. Um, and we have a lot of good referees in our county. You know what I mean, a lot of, like, you look at the top class referees um, we've mentioned and I, I'd say for our county I, I, I wouldn't say there's too many counties who have as many inter-county referees in, yeah. say over the last couple of years if you go back say five or six years uh, as we have so yeah fair play to them yeah absolutely last note to leave on because it was actually a similar enough one a lot famously said when it comes to what was it uh, when it was when it was rallying right he said uh, we wouldn't have rallying without the marshes he goes we just wouldn't have it without the competitors either <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one, you know, but yeah, we know we know the crack is Joe. You enjoy the rest of that whole break there. Uh thanks a for taking the time. Pleasure as always. Better. As always, yourself. Kevin. Talk to you. Thanks, Take it easy. The left wing backs coverage of the Carlo Hurling Championships for 2023 is brought to you in association with Talbot Fitness, Brendan Cavanagh Furniture, Corcoran Precast Tanks, Milano's Takeaway Bidenstown, Connolly's Top Line Hardware, PFT Travel, Ray Whelan Limited, Earth Spas, and the Arboretum Lachlan Bridge.